Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Well, happy holidays. Maybe you're listening to this when this drops on Christmas Day of 2020. Maybe you're listening to it the day after or in the week, or maybe at some point in 2021 or some future date in some future years. It's going to all be relevant. So happy holidays, my friend. I'm so excited to talk about this topic because it's something I just so believe in. But before we get started, I am holding my family's Christmas card in my hands and I love it. Christmas cards or holiday cards are my favorite, favorite thing. They, I love them. I love going to the mailbox and pulling them out and seeing what got sent and the different ways that people send it, whether they're pictures of their families or letters or cards. I just love it. It's a gift every day and it's very delightful. And I was really struggling this year because, well, (laughs) it's been COVID. There weren't any family gatherings. My kids are older. It's harder to get pictures of them. We didn't travel what was I going to do? And at one point, and I've been thinking about it since probably October, like, what am I going to do? And can I get my family and wrangle them to get a photograph? And how do we do that with just the four of us and on and on. And and I had some brain juice that I was using. (laughs) I almost gave up, which is actually last week's show (laughs) about giving up. So I almost gave up and said, forget it. I can just throw my hands up and not do it because of COVID. And I thought about that. I considered it. And I know many people have, and that's okay. You have to do you. But I really love Christmas cards or the holiday cards. And I was able to find one and it was the message that I wanted. And it looks like a little newspaper and it says 2020 presents the unprecedented times. And I love it. And because it wasn't, oh, let's make better. <laughs> There's no family photo. There was some negotiating because I put my youngest picture on there and she didn't want to be the only one, but we negotiated that. And so she is on there, thankfully, because we didn't do a senior graduation card announcement. So this became all in one, but it asked about like your favorite quarantine activities. And we wrote hiking, the television show, The Good Place. If you haven't watched that, highly, highly recommend this is what you need to do over the winter break, highly recommend playing the game pandemic, which is something that we will be doing during this winter break. It's a fantastic game. Unfortunately, it really brought to life, or I guess 2020 was able to bring to life what a quarantine specialist is. Didn't really understand it until we lived the game, right? Brought it to life. Our current hoarding is almond milk, ice cream, and sardines. Don't ask. That's just how it works. And then we announced that our Christmas Eve party was canceled and we put it in quotes with Dr. Fauci. So it was a very cute card. It was humorous and stuff. And I did friends text me and, and it was a way to bring a little delight into my friends' lives. And it was a way for me to have a fun. And I had some constraints around it because I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time. I was in the middle of some big projects and I wanted to get it done and get it out. And I got it all done and it didn't take that much time to do it. And it's done and yay, yippee skippy, it's done. So these are unusual times. And I'm going to be talking today about 
the shoulders we stand on. And this is really important because every person that I've ever coached worked with, nobody's ever made success on their own. Every high performer I've worked with overachiever, we've all stood on shoulders and some of the shoulders that we've stood on are people that we know. And some of them are people we don't know. And some people, some cultures trailblazed paths for us that made it easier that we could go through those paths and then go through our own struggles after that. So I wanted to recognize those who personally blaze trails for me so that I can be here with all of you. And I stand on their shoulders and I've been able to achieve the success because I'd been on their shoulders. Sir Isaac Newton said, if I have seen further, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. And that's where this idea of this concept of standing on shoulders of those who've gone before have come from. He was able to figure things out because he stood on the shoulders of giants. So who are the giants that you stand on? (laughs) My first giant, she's actually not a physical giant, (laughs) though she would say she was quite tall for a Korean lady of her generation, but it's my mother. (laughs) My mother's 5'5", I'm 5'11", so she's not very tall. But my mom is a Korean war refugee. Right? And she grew up in a culture where women were second class. You're considered worthless to your families because you're female. And I mean, it was evident because she was the second child of five and her youngest sibling was finally a brother and he was 19 years younger, right? That's how important it was to have a son. And my mom immigrated to the United States back in the 60s. So here's this woman who I stand on her shoulders. I mean, I can imagine leaving the country that I grew up in, going someplace else and being brave enough, whether to start over, to do things and learn something new. I mean, tremendous courage this woman has. And then there's my dad who was born of a blue collar family. His dad was a longshoreman in San Francisco and, you know, he moved to Hawaii and worked to surf there. The big thing for him was he had this love affair for water, right? He surfed and before that he grew up swimming or not, he didn't grow up swimming like I did, but he swam and he swam on his high school team. And for those of you that know San Francisco and old pools, there was a pool called the Flyshacker Pool, largest heated pools, ocean water, huge. I went to it when it was turned into a parking lot, never was actually there with the pool and I've only seen pictures, but he used to swim in it. And he'd swam there. He swam at the Jewish community center, wasn't Jewish, but he was always trying to hustle and find a pool. And I'm like, oh, here's your daughter working to find pools. That's what I do. Right. But so those are two people that really taught me a lot about having my drive and fierceness and commitment for a better life. You know, my mom had this quest for me to have the best education that could be provided for me because that was something that she had been able to experience when she was in Korea. So I stood on her shoulders you know, and my dad, his love of swimming and the importance of how swimming was and his ability to think differently as an entrepreneur. And he obtained patents and his inventions showed me a different way to work in the world. And I also had a backstage pass, you know, to the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and the risks and the financial uncertainty. And that's also what allowed me to become so good at those kinds of things right? When I talk about those kinds of things, like really understanding money and that drive, because I didn't like, you know, what I experienced growing up. So that was my family. Those are the shoulders. And then I think about the coaches and mentors that I had. 
And throughout my life, you know, I was, I've been a swimmer since I was eight years old. So I've had a variety of coaches and there's some coaches and I recognize them when I got inducted in the hall of fame. I thank them personally, but they all had an experience of swimming at a higher level than I did, whether it was coaching people or actually swimming and performing, but that I did, and they could see what I could not see. And they were able to help me get to where I wanted to go. And the thing that I feel so grateful for is each one of them met me where I was and helped me along my path to my next level. And I stand on each of their shoulders. And one of the things that was really key about when you stand on the shoulders of giants is they're going to support you, right? At least my giants supported me when I struggled, you know, and all of them, the coaches and my parents, you know, there was frustrations and, you know, difficulties, but none of them gave up on me. And I know my coaches, I'm, well, I don't know, but looking back now <laughs> and also being a coach for so long, I'm sure they were frustrated with me, not because I didn't like listen or I wasn't coachable because I was highly coachable because I was a do-gooder and I was a pretty good rule follower and, you know, try to do all the right things, but they were probably really frustrated with me because I didn't believe in myself right? How little I believed in myself for so much of my career, my own lack of self-confidence and how I would get in my own way and second guess myself and doubt myself and sabotage myself. So I'm sure they were like, Corinne, you're making this way harder. And I even remember, and I'll talk about him later, but one of my mentors in college, he would always say to me, especially even afterwards, Corinne, you're so hard on yourself. You're so hard on yourself. I didn't understand that for a really long time. Maybe in the last 10 years I've learned it. And now I really understand it at the age of 48, but I really didn't understand it for the longest time. So the sport of swimming is huge, right? And I stand on there's, oh my gosh, Rosemary Dawson, the fact that she was able to get women to swim in the 60s, right? I stand on her shoulders and she was a life friend of mine. And when I was 13, scared me. And when I became an adult, I really cherished my time with her but there were so many people that I stood on their shoulders. Once I got to college, there were a couple of female role models that I had that were tremendous outside of like my coaches that I had. And one was an administrator, one was a coach and they were the administrator. She was a senior woman administrator, Pam Gil Fisher. She's been on the show before. And, you know, she was a former basketball coach, former tennis coach, won a national championship. And, I so appreciated being able to have a front row seat and sometimes a behind the scenes seat of a strong and fierce and direct administrator. She was an example of what was possible. She really taught me a lot. And that's where I started to understand the shoulders of those who came before me was through her influence. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is I continue to have a relationship with her to this day. So this is a relationship for about 30 years. And then the other woman was Sue Williams. She was the cross country coach and track and field distance coach. And she really taught me how to lead other students during a time of crisis. And in 93, it was my junior year at university and the economy wasn't good. And our university was going through campus wide cuts and athletics was one of the things on the chopping block. And with the help and guidance from her and Pam, I was able to co-lead with another student to help pass the referendum to save athletics and our PE program. And so I'm so grateful for her guidance and help with giving me information and understanding as well as 
she gave me a lot of her bravery. I see her as a very courageous woman. And those moments I wasn't feeling brave when I was going to talk to administrators or speaking in front of the athletic department, I thought about something that she had said. And I definitely stood on those shoulders because I'd watched her do it for years and she made it look so easy. I don't know if it was easy for her. It sure wasn't for me, but she was there. And I'll never forget the time that I was speaking to the whole athletic, all the athletes, like a thousand student athletes. And I like froze. I forgot what to say. And I'd been doing my speech over and over and I just forgot what to say. And I remember she came and talked to me afterwards. and was like, that's okay, Corinne. You got back on track. You were fine. She was very supportive. So I learned back then how to lead, how to fight for a cause, how to pull resources, how to bravely talk to those in power and to start thinking strategically. And those difficult times in 1993 were actually foundational to everything I do today. And once again, had I not had those people whose shoulders I could stand on, who had gone before me, I wouldn't have been able to do that these people that I've had who've trailblazed paths, you know, whether they're being athletes before me or they became a coach. And so I would see that. And I would think, I remember going through my hard times when my kids were young and I was trying to figure out how do I coach and how do I be a mom and, you know, and do this. And it was such a struggle. And I thought about the women that came before me who did that. I thought about, you know, the male coaches that I knew who also were part of the family mixture of, you know, taking care of the kids and raising the family. It wasn't just the wife's job. So I really, these people who'd gone before me were great influences in my life. Now, there was a person that was really important to me. I stumbled into his personal finance class many years ago, many decades ago, Bay Butler, who also has been a guest on the show. And that was a class that changed my life. I was a girl who believed she was a loser from loser street and that money didn't happen to people like her. And from him, from Bay, I learned that money could be made with tools and the class and Bay changed my trajectory of my life. And I stood on his shoulders until he passed away four years ago. And don't, I'm still pretty mad at him that he passed away. And I know it sounds insane to think that, but he was such an important and pivotal person in my life. (laughs) There's still a lot of sadness, but he was a giant in my life. And I'm forever grateful to have stumbled into his class. And I really stand on his shoulders. But here's the thing. All the people that came before him allowed me to have the ability to have the courage, to have the tenacity, to have the thinking, the understanding the bravery to go and stand on his shoulders, to seek him out, to reach out to him, you know, to have him as a teacher and then a lifelong mentor. So when I was a young college student, I didn't quite realize, especially when I was first 18 and a freshman, I didn't realize the opportunities, especially the athletic opportunities that I had. I didn't realize what the women went through before me and, and how they trailed Billy's the paths for me. And it wasn't just for me. It wasn't like they said, oh, well, Corinne Modicitis is, and actually back then it was Corinne Pollock is coming down this path, right? That's not what they said, but they trailblazed. And then I was able to follow. And one of the things that I know is that it's so much easier to walk in someone else's footsteps, not in their footsteps, but in their paths, right? And you think about if you go hiking, we always want, we always like to follow well, I do, and maybe you don't, but I often do is 
follow the trail that's already been created, right? Don't go create another trail, but follow the trail. And blazing trails is messy and it takes time. And if you want to get done with your hike and you want to know, here's the trail and go follow it. So this is what I talk about with standing on people's shoulders. And then the other thing is I've talked about this on the show, but in a different way. I talked about you know, how much brain juice it takes to start a creative project or start something new or starting with a blank sheet. Right. And so like even, you know, writing, I've talked about like writing your SFD and Lamont calls it the shitty first draft. It's so hard to start with something new versus being able to build upon what's already been done. So that is why it's so important to recognize whose shoulders do you stand on and having people whose shoulders I could stand on to see what was possible for me, as well as see further along is something I don't take for granted these days. Also realizing I stand on people's shoulders that helps me to help others rise as well as stand on my own. And instead of being only being about my success, it's about the collective and it's not rooted in scarcity. It's not like, oh, I'm going to get this and I'm going to keep you down. It's about rising up together. Another benefit I realized about the shoulders we stand on is that you can remember, and this is my invitation for you, is you're not alone. And while COVID may have been hard because there's been a lot more isolation and a lot less people in our lives and physical lives, right? But to remember that we're not alone in, in times of reflection, I can think about those who've gone before me. I can draw on their courage their perspective, their key learnings. And I can use that to help guide me. And sometimes they'll never know that what they said or how they carry themselves or their presence, the impact it made on me and the fact that I stand on their shoulders. And I know that when we lead and that when I talk about leading, I mean, I am a leader, I'm a leadership coach and I lead a nonprofit and I lead my company, right? I lead my family, but we're all leaders. Like we can have fancy titles and not have fancy titles, like, but we're all leaders. We, we can lead our lives and leading can feel really lonely, especially being a brave leader. But it's really important to remember and to realize you're not alone. There are people who've gone before you. There are people who've gone before you, who you stand on their shoulders, who've blazed the trails, and they've also helped you rise back up and they're with you. And during these final days of 2020, my invitation for you is to reflect back on the shoulders you stand on. What were your key learnings? The reason that I went through this with, you know, some key people in my life, they're not all the shoulders, was to give you an idea so that you're not starting (laughs) with a blank sheet, right? You can think about it. Do you want to incorporate your family of origin? You know, do you want to incorporate teachers, coaches, who were some people? It gives you an idea to start opening up your brain so that you can think about the shoulders that you stand on. What trails did they blaze for you? What trails did you blaze for yourself? And then for those who stand on your shoulders and who helped you rise back up 
And who do you help rise back up? Remember, as the leader of your life, you don't do this alone. The privileges that we have are opportunities from those who came before us. Some of us have more privileges than others. I get that. And today's show, I spoke about the people I knew and who I came into contact with. But I want to give you another example because there's so many other people and there's so many other shoulders, right? So here's an idea. There's a group of people that dramatically impacted my life. They will never know me and they don't know who I am and I don't know who they are. But what I do know is back in 1960, 12 years before I was born, there was a group of people that came together. I believe the governor of California brought them together and had them create the California master plan of higher education. And these people were visionaries and they looked at our community college, our state system and our university system and created kind of pathways and purposes and intentions for each of these different tiers of education and higher ed. And that plan, that vision that they held, one of the things that they really believed in was we're not going to charge tuition in the state of California. And so there wasn't tuition, there is now, but there wasn't then because they really believed that if we educate our people, it will bring riches to our state. And I look around California and there's so much vibrancy and we have Silicon Valley and we have so much, you know, wealth in our state. And it was those of us who were able to get educated for really low cost in our state. And I was one of those people. I was a kid who first member of my family on both sides to graduate from college. And it was possible for me because it was affordable due to this master plan of higher ed and those who had the vision to educate the citizens of California. So those are shoulders that I stand on. And I think about that often when I'm making leadership decisions. What were the opportunities I had because somebody had the forethought to think, hey, this is something that's important. We don't want to limit access. So my friend, my question for you is, whose shoulders do you stand on? And this is not about taking away from your achievements, right? It's about realizing how connected we are. It's about the many seeds planted over our lives and the ripple effect that occurs. There's a lot of stuff that I could say, I'm self-made. I did this, I did that. But the truth is without these people, without all these different opportunities, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yes, I apply them. Yes, I fell down. Yes, I got back up, but I've never done it alone. It'll let you take stock into this life that you have, which will also help loosen this grip because we have these rules of, I must do it perfectly. Success is a straight line. I can't make mistakes. I can't fail. You know, I'm too far behind. But when we really think about it, it's not one moment. There's so many different opportunities, so many different ripples. So there are many factors and many people are involved. And some we never will know, some who will never know us. So let go of this perfection, this one plan, this one way. And instead, think about the connections that you have, the ripple effects, because that is what's going to make us more resilient, stronger, and capable to really create what it is that you desire and really get what you want. So my invitation to you is reflect, 
I hope you think about this, or even as you are listening to this, I know sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, my brain starts to go here and it's like all of a sudden it takes off and it gets all these ideas, journal and recall your journey. And one of the things that's fantastic is send a card and say, thank you, or pick up the phone and reach out because they may not know the impact they've had on your life. And it is nice to know when somebody has had an impact from you. So share that. And it feels really good for the person who gets to go and say, thank you. We are more connected than we know. And you will make more of an impact than you may ever know. Do you need to recover from 2020? (laughs) Don't worry, my friend, you're not the only one. I get it. You're depleted. You've hit emotional bottom because it can't get any worse, right? Money worries, career uncertainty, wanting to change career, family conflict, mental distress, loneliness, and isolation. These are many of the things that people have been experiencing in 2020. And you're exhausted and making the smallest decisions is setting you off. You're stuck in a cycle of anxiety and second guessing and doubt. It's becoming a downward spiral and you're starting to wonder, are you ever going to feel confident? Listen, 2021 does not need to be a repeat of 2020. You can experience enormous positive change even while living and working in a pandemic. So many of my clients have been able to do that this year. You can get clear on what you need and want, even when faced with uncertainty. You can grow emotionally, even when you're stuck at home. The hardest times in our lives can often be the most fruitful times to grow and change. You deserve a good year. You, my friend, deserve a win. You deserve clarity and confidence. So what are you going to do about it? I have just the thing for you. I have my how to feel grounded confidence course in its four weeks to mindset management and emotional intelligence. And this is the place where you can gain emotional intelligence so you can understand your feelings and why you do what you do. Yes, the good and the bad, the ways we support ourselves and the ways we sabotage. So you can become aware of your thinking so you can make decisions with clarity and alignment with your values, not other people's values or what the popular opinion may be. In this course, you're going to learn how to manage your mindset so you can avoid the scary stories your mind is feeding you constantly. And you're going to start seeing many more opportunities and solutions along with the issues. And finally, you will feel confident that you can tackle and handle and have the resilience to whatever 2021 throws at you. And you can still move forward and deliberately create the life that you are craving. You ready for more? Let's have a fantastic 2021 filled with resilience and the ability to maneuver and go through these things and to feel confident again. There's a link in the show notes to find out more and to sign up. I'll see you there. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.